You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. So now what? Well, you can join me, Pastor Allen, and my colleague, Pastor Carissa, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Soft Idolatry. This is Season 2, Episode 18. And if you are tuning in, it's right after Pentecost. Yay! Oh, we should have sung Happy Birthday to the Church. Oh, you're right. We'll save it for the children's sermon. We'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> In case yeah. anyone wants to know. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I don't have to do one of those this, this year. Um, okay, so what is your sermon title? For Sunday, Carissa. Thirsty. Thirsty? That's not a. It's not a Holy Spirit text, is it? That's not the the uh, Pentecost story of Acts, is it? It is not the Acts Pentecost story, but it is from a piece in John, uh, which talks about uh, the coming of the Spirit. Ah, and and is in fact set at Pentecost. Correct. So what's your sermon title this week, Alan? Burning Questions. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I uh, like the fire theme for Pentecost. Uh-huh, the fire theme. And of course, we have lots of questions on our mind, like when will we be back in our sanctuaries? And yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yep. Our sanctuaries, our stores, our barbers, etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of questions right now. Well, and, you know, normally at this point in the podcast, we talk about what's going on in the world. And I feel like that question has just become a really, um, maybe not quite a stupid question, but it's certainly rhetorical at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on this week already that uh, we certainly need to consider. Um Lots of black and brown bodies subject to entirely too much force and uh, exposing the unequal conditions in which we live. That is absolutely true, actually. We're, um, I think we're at the point in the quarantine where we're starting to see other news again. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the news that's been coming out this week is uh, about yet another life lost uh, another uh, African-American life lost at the hands of um, of law enforcement officers who did not stop when they should have. Mm-hmm. Yes, clearly. And, um, you know, it, it, it begs the question, uh, where is the church in all of this? Um, I... I wrote a prayer. Uh, we, we've been doing, um, I've been writing a prayer just about every week for our elders and deacons to use as they call members of the congregation and check in. And those have been focused on the quarantine, the situation. How do we survive? How do we get through this? Um, how do we stay sane? All of that. It's it's been about us, about building up the body, about enduring. And uh, today I had to write a very different prayer. And, um, you know, 
a prayer that we can see uh, a prayer how did i title it um a prayer for awareness um mm. that we awake from our slumber and uh you know yeah we we need to start realizing that we have to emerge and as much as we want things like they were before uh before has a lot of problems that we still need to fix yeah, that's absolutely true. And um, I'll probably get into this a little bit more as we start to pick a pe- a pick apart the passages. Jeez, pick a pack of pickled peppers as we start to pick apart the passages later. Um, this idea that we're on the cusp of something new, mm-hmm. which is a very Pentecosty um, idea. And one, one might one might even say Pentecostal. One might, and I kind of caught myself before I said that because that word has different meaning mm-hmm. um, now in common language than than I meant to say. So I made up a new word. Um, but this idea that maybe things that are happening by way of you know changes coming in the way that we worship and the way that we interact with people on a day to day basis, maybe that can be our catalyst to create real and long lasting meaningful social change. And can help us to address in new ways some of those same old problems that we've been facing for so long. So I guess we still need to ask the question, what's up in the world? What's up indeed? (laughs) Well, coronavirus, COVID-19 is still out there stalking Mm -hmm. us like Mm -hmm. a mad killer. Um, Yeah. um, Brown lives are still being treated as though they mean less than uh, white lives do. Mm-hmm. Um, still, uh, we've actually interestingly had a huge dip in uh, mass shootings, though. Yeah. So that's... Uh, yeah, that's true. That's and, a, and... You know, if you can't outlaw guns, just outlaw big groups of people. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> certainly does cut down the uh, the body counts. Yep. That does make you wonder if uh, if spree killers are not being triggered as much for other reasons. Uh, yeah. I suppose trigger isn't the best choice of words. No, that's a real bad choice of words, but I see what you did there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, you know, cer- certain forms of violent crime are very definitely down just because people aren't interacting and and also people are home, so nobody has the opportunity to break in well not nobody but uh many fewer people have good opportunities to break into homes because their occupants are home Mm -hmm. yeah meanwhile um i've been reading interesting reports uh i'm on a lot of news alert lists and and um active act oh my gosh activists, there we go, advocacy groups um, for uh, or against their groups for protecting people against uh, domestic violence. And while reports of violence mm-hmm. are down, it is um, largely understood that incidents are actually up. They're just being reported less because of the right. current situation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Those have to be up because the abusers and victims are spending a lot more time together and also the victims do not have the 
privacy to report. Right, right. There, there is less opportunity to uh, connect to other people in a way that might lead them to finding the help necessary. Um, and all sorts of shelters are really struggling too right now to um, figure out how to help people as well. Homeless shelters, um, women's shelters, um, foster homes, those sorts of things, yeah. So, so all the same old stuff that was going on in the world before, still there, mm-hmm. hasn't gone anywhere. Hasn't gone anywhere. No. And, you know, we, we're we not going anywhere, but we are still forced to deal with all this. And so I guess my next question to you is, what is your text? And then we will talk about where these texts speak into our broken world. For sure. So um, this is, I think, my second or third time preaching through the lectionary cycle now between internship and, and my current ministry. So I'm actually not preaching the Pentecost story this year because that's the same one every year in the lectionary. So I've preached this like a billion to five times and have decided to go a little bit um, in a different direction, but not quite this year. So I'll be reading the gospel passage, which is from the gospel according to John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. This is the New Revised Standard Version translation. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Look, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I got the mm. nice short one this week. Yeah, I you, you did. read your uh, yeah, <laughs> dramatic I, passage. Short and from the Gospel of John, which usually don't go together in the same sentence. No, that's true. Just recently we were reading entire chapters of John every single Sunday, and now I get uh, two verses. Indeed. Okay, so the story of Pentecost as told in the Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power 
all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This particular section of the word of the Lord happens to be every lay reader's nightmare. <laughs> Yes, one of the reasons I, you know, I just really wanted to say Phrygia and Pamphylia today. I like saying Cretans in church. <laughs> Frankly, that's a fun one, too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a great passage, though. It is. I, I mean, it, 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 it gives you a flavor of the radical inclusivity that we find in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and in ways that people are not prepared for either. Um, none of these disciples had, you know, gone to school for language or anything like that. <laughs> They're suddenly finding themselves speaking a whole new language, which I, in a way is kind of what many of us are doing as church leaders right now is learning how to speak in new ways to people. Yes. And in, in ways that we think we're just preaching to our people. And uh, many of us are realizing that there are a lot of other people hearing us in this way that have not heard us in the old ways. I know, and, and in fact, that was one of the um, one of the points in my sermon this past Sunday was we are getting way more people tuning in to our online worship mm -hmm. than we ever get on a Sunday morning, and we need to embrace this and see where we go in this new space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're also embracing this, you know, learning the new language, even once we're back in worship space together, which is probably going to be quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, we just have too many fragile and at-risk folks. Um, but we'll still continue to live stream and post on YouTube our worship services. We're going to continue to use multimedia for our special music and other pieces of our service. Uh, we've are, we've had projectors up, but we're basically just doing a good old-fashioned PowerPoint on them and the occasional YouTube video. Um, but we're having a lot of fun with virtual choirs and orchestras where, you know, if you don't have a lot of musical talent, 
right now um, in your congregation, you can you can connect with other congregations and put something together in a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the other thing about all this is it levels the playing field a lot between churches with lots of resources and churches with limited resources. In some ways, in in different sets of resources, let's put it that way. So there are churches much larger than mine, for Mm -hmm. example, that are struggling with making this online shift because they don't have the monetary resources that the big steeple churches have. Mm -hmm. um, But they also have pastors who didn't necessarily go to art school for a while or know how to use, you know, Final Cut Pro. Um, So it's actually showing different types of resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of folks are having to adapt to those new things if that makes sense but you're right it has leveled the playing field in a lot of ways right uh you know there there is a uh, a congregation in my presbytery which uh is a tall-ish steeple i would guess they're a 600 member congregation it's a pretty tall steeple pretty tall steeple um they they definitely have a much more professional looking worship service than ours but ours is actually really close. Um, I don't know which software package they're using. Maybe they have two cameras going and they've got somebody who can do the editing. But my music director uh, just edits all of this on Camtasia. Uh, it's not... Now, granted, I would not have the skill to do this part myself, but there are lots of other newer pastors, people in their first five, six years of ministry who do have these skills and are serving smaller congregations like you um, and and are able to put things together that uh, are every bit as compelling and uh, and connecting as what the big congregations put together. So... Uh, short, short of a full-on TV production crew, it offers an opportunity to provide something that meets the needs of the congregation, and it's not an example of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Right, right, um, and and in addition to like just the worship service and production quality and availability of worship. In regards to community, that's something that I've seen my congregations really jump on really well. They've they've gotten on board with that. They've all almost all figured out Zoom. We've got stuff going on five days a week. We have morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer. Not all on the same day every day, everyone, before you think that I'm just like on Zoom all day. We have one of those three each weekday. Right. Uh, we have a book club. Bible study, you know, fellowship opportunities every day. And they're really embracing that. And that's something that's easier to do on a small scale and really build community than it is on a large scale. So that I think that's another way that things have been equalized. And we're seeing that the Holy Spirit doesn't move any more in the large congregations than in the small ones. Mm-mm. 
we just have fewer voices mm-hmm. at one time, usually. Yes. Yeah, I, I agreed. This this has been a wonderful bonding experience for my congregation. I, I see them reaching out to one another and connecting. It's It's weird, though, because I'm not getting instant feedback from a large number of people <laughs> you know yeah uh I'm, I'm definitely not getting real-time feedback from anyone uh, you're such a three <laughs> <laughs> well i mean come on you know part of the experience of preaching is reading your congregation's response to where you're yes. going and yeah. this becomes much more of a performance i mean it's always a performance but you get the opportunity to tinker with your performance or not tinker, modulate your performance based on how you are, how well you are able to read the response of your congregation when you're preaching to them in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. But now that I'm preaching to a computer screen on a Friday afternoon, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you, yeah, you have no idea if people actually thought your jokes were funny or not. Exactly. I'm the only one laughing at my jokes now, which is sometimes the case anyway. But now I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it is. It is funny. Um, you know, I think like every other pastor out there, I used the Jesus is working from home joke that made the rounds on Facebook the previous week. Also guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, because I couldn't wait to see it here if they got it, I just sort of had to say, yeah, I admit that was on Facebook last week. And like every other pastor, I'm using it in sermon <laughs> um, because you just don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird, weird. Um, but it's I don't know. I'm I am like I'm finding this fun. Mm-hmm. I was just joking about you being such an Enneagram three. Um, I hope that all of you Enneagram threes out there are holding it together okay, because uh, you don't have that performance feedback. <laughs> and, uh, that can, um, meanwhile, you know the Enneagram sevens like me, we kind of at least the ones that I know, including myself, we sort of fell apart at the beginning of this because um, it wasn't fun at all. But now we've all found our new hobbies and the things that we're going to do. And we're just kind of like charging along with it um, the way that it is. So I'm actually kind of starting to enjoy playing with this. And Mm -hmm. this idea especially that um, this is when God moves. This is when God's people change and do incredible stuff when they are thrown into exile and are coming out Mm, Um, mm -hmm. you know when they're learning how to unlock the doors of the upper room Mm -hmm. when all of a sudden they find themselves speaking in languages they didn't even know they knew that's when the tongues of fire come down that's when the holy spirit is turned on like a fire hose or a raging river Mm -hmm. um, like we see in john it doesn't say that um out of those believers are going to trickle a tiny refreshing little stream or a glass of cool water it says Mm -hmm. a river Mm -hmm. um and and so that is when that is when we see the power of the holy spirit and the power of god working in the world is at these pivotal moments and we're in one of those moments now. And I think that's super fun. Yes. Fun. Uh, and 
you know, I think my one of my burning questions is when we come out of this, how are we going to harness the spirit that we have cultivated? How are we going to uh, hitch a plow to the the forces that we are stirring up? And are we going to then go out and engage with the world outside of our walls in the same way that we have engaged with ourselves in quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I keep hearing folks um, lament that um, loss of the way we had been doing things, which I think is a valid grief. And there's going to be a lot of branches pruned during this process, both Mm -hmm. programmatically within certain congregations, but also even just congregations that are not going to survive this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and that is a valid grief. That is certainly something to be sad for. And I don't want my excitement over doing new things to overshadow that. Um, That is very difficult. So there's this, this rub in it. It's not easy to, be a tool of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's not easy to do those things. It's not easy to figure out how we're going to harness this moving forward and not slide back into the old ways. Well, you know, I think those those are valid points, but we have to remember that we are an Easter people. Death and rebirth are parts of our cycle. And as we listen to the stories of both the disciples and then later the apostles, they don't get it right until after the resurrection and the ascension. Even in the first chapter of Acts, they're asking Jesus, when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? Instead of, you know, okay, Lord, tell us how to follow you. Uh, They want information. They want the secret knowledge. And uh, it was never about the secret knowledge but they can't go out, they can't completely figure that out while Jesus is still in the world. And they can't act on that until they are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we just need to embrace this baptism and run with it. And yes, hold people's hands as they grieve. And and then once they stop sniffling keep hold of their hands and pull them with us <laughs> as as would the holy spirit yes well and you see that right with the with the disciples at the beginning of this too they have varying stages of belief and understanding and acceptance of everything mm-hmm. we give poor doubting thomas a bad rap but how many doubting thomases do we have right now that you know don't see any goodness in this at all um, you know, they just, they kind of roll in stages and that's okay. And that's why we do things in community. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit catches on in community. The Holy Spirit is not sent to Peter. No. The Holy Spirit is sent to the community of believers who together begin to preach and prophesy to those around them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think that wraps up all of the loose threads that I had. How about you? 
Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's what I have for this week as well. Next week we get to talk about Trinity. Mm-hmm. We get these two fun, we get these two fun holidays, liturgical holidays right next to each other, Pentecost and Trinity Sunday, and then we're in ordinary time for the rest of our lives. Well, maybe not the rest You'd of our they, lives. Not the re- that was an exaggeration. You'd think they could spread it out a little bit, though, right? <laughs> Lord, Lord I hope it's not the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow, that took a dark turn quickly. <laughs> well, you know, these these are the thoughts we have during a plague. That is, you are, you are, not, you are not entirely wrong about that. Um, friends, know that we are praying for all of you and your health and your safety during this time, uh, knowing that these are uncertain and scary times and praying for your your grace and uh um compassion with those around you and and them in return toward you um stay safe and healthy and strong out there and um this too will pass let let us pray god of grace and mercy Awaken us from our slumber. Break us out of our self-imposed prisons. Free us from self-absorption, pettiness, narrow-mindedness, ignorance, and racism. In this time of self-isolation, help us to see and hear those whose struggles are greater than ours. O God of every nation, race, and land, Help us to see the world outside of our walls. Break us out of our self-imposed prisons. Send your spirit so that we may love all your children as we love ourselves. Amen. May God, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body. May God encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Amen. Friends, don't forget you can connect to us on Facebook and other social media, as well as uh, support the podcast through Patreon, uh, if you would like to support us financially. Our website is www.softidolatry.com. You know, my family's getting really weird uh, during this this lo- this shutdown. Weird-er. Yeah, I was just going to say, how can you yeah. tell? Yeah, this morning, uh, Levi asked, uh, he called out of his room, hey, dad, can I have a bookmark? And and my husband started crying, and I, I said, what's wrong? He said, the kid's 11 years old, and he doesn't even know my name is Tim. <laughs> I, yes, I, I, snore! I had, You're laughing at my dad joke. It was literally a dad joke, too. Yes. No, I, I, I had the urge to, to stomp on that, and, <laughs> but, I, but I decided to be kind and let it go. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of having compassion for the people around you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, friends. We'll catch you next week. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.